0: So hello and welcome to another edition of Shattered Lives, the Irish Daily Star and Irish Mirrors crime podcast and Happy New Year. It's been some time since we've been on with you. Uh, hopefully there's still people interested in listening to us, but we have been hardened by all of the messages that we've gotten uh, on social media Um Over the last two months or so, uh, people asking us what happened to the pod. So uh, we've come back, uh, we decided to give it another go. So thanks for bearing with us. So I'll introduce, as always, Michael O'Toole, our uh, Crime and Defence Editor. How are you doing, Mick?
1: Paul, how are you?
0: I'm all right. Feeling a little more refreshed now uh, that we've got back to it after the Christmas period.
1: It, it It was a long break, but I think it was a deserved one. When you look back... On the year we had, you know, know, not the world's smallest violin, but we do this on top of our normal job. And when you think about it, it was a hell of a year. We had the, God love the Iceland Murphy trial. Mm -hmm. We were doing that every day. And the the Jerry Monk trial, the Jerry the Hutch Monk trial, Jerry the Monk Hutch trial. And they were two really, really high-profile and very stressful and very hard trials. And you wouldn't expect a trial like that every four or five years and to have two in the one year, I think, really was exceptional. So they were very hard.
0: Yeah, it was an extraordinary year. I mean, uh, it's only when I kind of sat back from it all at the end at the Christmas break and realised the amount of stories that we've gone through, even just outside of those two massive trials, just uh, it Mm -hmm. was a momentous year. And even the month of December was an unusually busy year. Uh, it was a year without gangland murders right up until the end of the year. Um, I think we nearly jinxed ourselves by saying there wouldn't be, or mm. uh, there haven't been any gangland incidents. And then we had uh, perhaps the most eventful uh, gangland incident in the last two years, really, or, or more so, you know, and we'll get on to that in a minute. But I, I don't think we really saw uh, gangland crime on the radar, really, in the last 18 months, anyway.
1: I think we'll talk about this later, but I do a homicide review every year. The reason we call it homicides, some people take exception to this, the reason mm. we call it homicides is because some are murder and some are manslaughter. So homicide is the catch-all for everything. And there were, to give you an example, in on the whole island, so all 32 counties, there were 10 gun crimes, and most of them, gun murders, most of them are gangland, uh, in 2022. And up until, well, last year, up until... God, December. There had been one gun killing, but by the end of the year there were another three. So in December, really, really, the last month or two, there there were, there were three gun killings, including uh, Jay Hennessy Senior. Although he died in the New Year, his murder is officially classified in Garda statistics as a twenty twenty three murder because the attack happened on the on the twenty fourth of December. So he is. ...part of the statistics, sad statistics for 2023, he won't be in the 2024 figure. So yeah, I mean, look... It it was an exceptional year for a lack of gangland crime, and then it just exploded towards the end of the year.
0: And and to be honest, we took a bit a bit of a break with this pod uh, because we were exhausted. Um, for uh, and it, 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 the year hasn't mm-hmm. let up, but we've come back because we think that, that there's plenty still to discuss, and it's going to be an interesting year. Maybe we'll talk about that towards the end of the pod where what we think are going to be, not that we are mystic Meg, but we can somewhat predict maybe some of uh, the the big events, such as maybe the arrest and prosecution of the Kinnehan's. But I want to sp- just on that subject speak about Liam Byrne because that's something I've been covering today. Um, now we were expecting a bit more of a development today. Unfortunately, it, 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 the case didn't progress uh, to quite the level we thought it would, but it's still worth discussing um, because Liam Byrne is never out of the news, um, but he made quite the splash there uh, just before Christmas. So about mid-December, uh, he was uh, extradited back to Great Britain by the National Crime Agency. As people might recall, uh, th- this this has been going on for a couple of months. Liam Byrne was being investigated by the NCA and he was arrested in Spain when he travelled from Dubai to, to meet family there and he was actually arrested while having dinner in a restaurant or maybe it was lunch uh, with the family. And then there was a very long extradition process and just before christmas there he was extradited back to great britain and we learned that he was going to be charged he was charged with 13 different offenses so this is a bit of a complicated case and we have to be somewhat careful although we are outside the jurisdiction i'm not going to get into the complete speculation the nitty-gritty but we can talk about the facts of it but basically liam byrne uh, today was his first appearance for what was supposed to be an arraignment so that means to plead guilty or not guilty in this case. And he's facing, as I said, 13 charges, possession of firearms, ammunition and perverting the course of justice. And even that charge alone, perverting the course of justice, very serious in the UK, carries a maximum sentence of life in prison. So if he's convicted of these offences, it's safe to say he's going to face a a very lengthy sentence indeed.
1: Yeah. And it was interesting because I remember I was doing the stories at the time of his arrest in spain and i was doing research and the firearms offense i had to look up the british statute and if memory serves me right the firearms offense i think it was a maximum of 10 years so you you broke the story that he was facing life because of this other charge which was perverting the course of justice which is a very very serious charge in its own right one thing that i found interesting was well i like your views on this paul The NCA, the National Crime Agency, released a video, photographs, and then a video of him landing. Was it Manchester? Was it it was it was London? Heathrow Airport or one of the London airports? I think he was he was he was brought in. Was it?
0: Yes, and he was brought into Westminster Magistrates Court there in London. Yes. So.
1: we have the same common law system as Britain, and it always amazes me how open the English police forces can be. They'll release mug shots, that sort of thing. And they, they you know, they weren't shy in putting photographs and videos up of Mr. Bernie. He I hadn't been convicted, of any sense, but there was there was really no, no mess in there. I, I was quite shocked by that.
0: Yeah, and it was also fantastic to see because, and I, I don't mean to slate on Gardaí Economy here. We just have a different system here where we're not we're not privy to uh, being given that that level of uh, access, uh, photographs of somebody being arrested and uh, hauled uh, before the court, and everybody gets to see it the whole process. But it's great to see that really. Like I mean, we need to see more of that. Um, because that is the process. I mean, he's been extradited against his will because he did protest it uh, and he's been brought back here on very serious charges. And the NCA do say, they do allege uh, that Liam Byrne is a member of the Kinnehan Cartel, senior member of the Kinnaghan Cartel. Of course, we're very familiar with him, um, you know, uh, over the years. Um, and I, I don't propose to go into the whole history, but people will remember, obviously, his brother was killed. It's uh, part of the Kinahan Hutch feud. David Byrne in the Regency Hotel, Uh, his houses were seized uh, uh, property assets by the criminal assets bureau his life here in ireland is effectively over then he went to the uk And now he's being pursued by the UK authorities and facing a very serious jail sentence if he's convicted. Um, I just want to briefly talk about the court appearance today. There's not Mm. a whole lot in it, but um, it was interesting to see him again. This is the first time we've seen him since that uh, arrest. And we've learned that he was in Belmarsh Prison. He's been in Belmarsh Prison. That's where he spent the Christmas period. It's a very... uh, uh, high security, maximum security prison there in the heart of London. And he it's the exact same prison uh, that Bomber Kavanagh um, is also housed in.
1: And also, for those of us of a certain generation, when John Gilligan was arrested as part of the investigation into the June 1996 murder of crime reporter Veronica Kieran, he was held in Belmarsh. So I think it's the maximum security prison.
0: Yes, it is. A Category A prisoners. Um, I, I think it, 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 it was called, I'm going to get this wrong, but it, it's been dubbed Britain's Guantan- Guantanamo Bay even. Uh, had some of the more more serious, well-known uh, prisoners in it over the years. So you've got Bammer Kavanagh now rubbing shoulders with his brother-in-law, Liam Byrne, and that's their, they're both housed there while they're on trial. Uh, this all part of this one alleged conspiracy.
1: And the allegation would have been, and we wrote about this in the Star at the time, was that Uh, Bomber Kavanaugh, the allegation is, and if they mean he's convicted, he would have been a central figure in the Kenyan cartel operation in Europe, Mm -hmm. in the whole of Europe, Britain and Ireland and, and Europe. And the allegation would be that once Bomber was convicted and charged and pleaded guilty and got 21 years last year, that Liam. Byrne would have taken over as running the Kinan cartel in, in Europe. So he is a very significant target and that's why the national crime agency were involved and I think that's why mm-hmm. you know I mean it they did jump out at me about the press release and they they said he was part of the the he was part of the Kinan cartel so you know as I said they weren't messing about and he was a, a serious target.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and this alleged offence is very complicated but in a, in a nutshell uh it's bizarre to even describe it, but it's it, 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 it just to explain to people that Liam Byrne is on trial along with Thomas Cavanaugh, his brother-in-law, uh, Jack Cavanagh who is still to be extradited from Spain. That's that's Bomber's son, young son, uh, and an individual named Sean Kent, and uh, the NCA basically alleges that they. Conspired to pervert the course of justice, uh, I'm, I'm now quoting the NCA so I don't get in trouble, uh, by planning to reveal the location of weapons in, att- in an attempt to get Thomas Kavanagh a reduced sentence. So, as people may recall, Thomas Kavanagh, Bomber Kavanagh, he is in prison now for uh, serving a 21 year sentence. And that's on a guilty plea, by the way, a 21 year sentence uh, for conspiring to bring in 36 million euro worth of cocaine into the UK. Very serious charge. But in the course of this, the allegation is that he went himself to the NCA and said, I can reveal to you the location uh, of a bunch of weapons, firearms. Um, and he was doing that to get himself a reduced sentence. Of course, the NCA went to the location, they believe in Newry, and discovered those mm-hmm. 11 firearms that's handguns, machine guns, mas- machine pistols, uh, all fully loaded, ready to go. And they got them and they then charged. Uh, Thomas Kavanagh in relation to that seizure and there was also the infamous EncroChat hack and through that they have encrypted conversations that they say involve um, Liam Byrne and J- uh, Jack Kavanagh and this John Kent individual all conspiring to uh, possess these weapons um, in a bid to get Thomas Kavanagh a reduced sentence. So it's a bizarre alleged conspiracy trying to get Bomber Kavanaugh, a reduced prison sentence. It didn't work in that case, and now they're all facing uh, possible prison time uh, if found
1: guilty. And just very briefly, EncroChat is uh, an underground communication system, or was an underground communication system, supposedly extremely secure, used by major criminals and gangsters all over Europe. But but it was cracked, and the I think it was wasn't the Interpol cracked it and sent out all the messages relevant to each country. So the, the British have run an operation, the NCA mm. have run an operation called Operation Venetic, when they use the messages as evidence in court cases. And it's been very successful. They've seized millions of euro worth of drugs and cash itself, and also quite a lot of, of weapons. Um, we've spoken about this before. My contention is that the Gardaí are have the messages, but they're using them as intelligence rather than evidence, probably because of the, the different legal system where things are much more open to to legal challenge in Ireland that's my view others may differ that the guards aren't using it but I I think it's clear as day that the guards are using it before as uh, as intelligence but anyway that's that's Anchor so it has been very very successful for law enforcement all over the world really because it's been used in Australia and America everything as well This Anchor so it it was a, a significant blow to major organized crime gangs
0: massively and we've yet to see the details of you know the evidence that the NCA have in relation to the encrypted conversations that will happen when this matter goes to trial Bomber Kavanagh and uh, Liam Byrne have yet to plead in this, so we don't know whether this even will go to trial, whether there's a guilty plea or not. It was supposed to happen today. Uh, we heard that Thomas Kavanagh was ready to plea, as was Liam Byrne. Uh, but uh, a, a bit of a technical snag, there is an, a separate case that's going uh, on in the Manchester area in relation to Sean Kent, and the court today basically heard that they wanted to loop this case in with the overall case so everything has been delayed it's been put back to march so neither, neither of the two men were uh, arraigned today they've been remanded back into custody so we won't know until at least uh, the first of march uh, what way bomber kavanagh and liam byrne are swinging in terms of guilty or not guilty and whether we're going to have a lengthy and very interesting trial uh, later this year
1: so you were watching it remotely today, Paul. Could you see Mr. Burner, Mr. Kavanagh? Were they visible or was it? They-
0: yeah, you could see them both uh, sitting in separate rooms, obviously, but both in Belmarsh Prison. Uh, Bomber Kavanagh was sitting... Uh, he almost looked like he was waiting for a bus because he was sitting on a row, a row of seats. Just, uh, But anyway, it's just interesting setup. But he was wearing a, a Nike uh, um, tracksuit and... Um, it yeah, looks the same as as everyone may remember him from the mugshots, um, and then a lean burn wearing a black T-shirt, uh, sitting with his arms folded, uh, in front of a desk. Um, seemed to have a watch on him as well. Um, so yeah, just they didn't say anything or or you know react really in any way. Um, you won't the public see. Uh, Those images of them in prison, it's an offence for anybody to take a photograph of it, but just to give you an idea of the setup, they were appearing via video link. If this does go to trial, it might be a different story, then they they might have to uh, come into the courtroom. But I think the UK system, they they seem to, since COVID, uh, be dealing with a lot of these court cases remotely. I mean, Mm -hmm. the barristers were even appearing remotely, so it doesn't appear to have really been anyone other than the judge uh, and a handful of people in the courtroom today.
1: Yeah, because I remember I was at Bomber Cavanaugh's, remotely I was at Bomber Cavanaugh's appearances, I think you did as well, because it was quite a, a long-running saga. But in that case, there were several, I think, barristers and various people in the courtroom, but we could watch it remotely and a lot of people were watching it. But So in this case, it was just the judge, really.
0: Yes, more or less, that's, yeah, interesting. that's all you could see on the camera. So yeah, look, we have to park that uh, until we see what happens. But it's a it's a fascinating case and one that you know if the allegations are true, it is, it seems it seems a bizarre conspiracy uh, that completely has fallen flat uh, and with, they've, they've got egg on their faces if it's true because this was all an attempt to get someone in a reduced sentence and now they're all looking at possible uh, prison time and enhanced prison time in, in Bomber Kavanaugh's case. He was actually, um, that's something I forgot to mention, in his last court appearance he was going to challenge uh, um, the the allegations against him and try to have the case thrown out but we heard today uh, that that's not the case anymore he's no longer uh fighting uh, to have the case thrown out but we we still don't know whether he's pleading guilty or not guilty but that effort uh, as such to have the case dismissed against him uh, has ceased for whatever reason whatever's going on whatever we're not privy to behind the scenes so shall we move on because we've got lots to discuss yeah. um you want to talk homicide because we, we, we brought that up at the start but you collated all of the various homicides throughout the year and it's a shocking number by comparison to the previous year.
1: Yeah, so I, I do this every year. There's myself and Conor Feehan in, in the Irish Independent. We collate the murders and homicides and, and, and manslaughter cases. Prince, you know, just as an act of journalism, Gardaí usually release figures themselves but just even for journalists ourselves just, it's a good, you know, practice to do this. So we've been doing it for a couple of years and, and. Um, I I slightly differ. Connor sticks to the the Republic. I do the whole island. So because Reach has you know newspapers and and that north and south, so that I'd be I'd have a thirty two county view. So last year there were sixty six homicides, north and south. Mm. This year there were forty one. Now as I was saying, um, J Hennessy Senior was shot on the twenty fourth of December, but he died. It was last week that he lost his... Last week. last week. So normally you would think that he would be regarded as the first victim of the year, but he was actually the last... Well, there was a fellow in temporary. But so he was one of the last homicides officially of of 2024. But what's really interesting is in 2022, there were 10 gun homicides. This year there were four. Now, three of them were in the Republic. One was in the North and... I think that's a really remarkable case. I can remember looking back, in fact I have it on my computer, some years there were up to maybe more than 30 gun killings in a year and now we're down to four and we were very close really to having maybe one gun killing and none in the Republic, but just things went a bit crazy towards the end of the year. So I wonder why that is. I wonder why there has been such a, it's welcome, but I wonder why there has been such a reduction in gun crime.
0: Well, you would hope that the Gardaí are on top of it. Uh, maybe that's what it is. Um, and we probably would have said up until December that the, the gangland uh, scene seemed to be quite quiet. There doesn't didn't seem to be any obvious tensions other than the odd. Uh, there were incidents in Tala um, and rumours of, of a feud there. I mean, even Corduff, the feud which we'll talk about now in a minute, had calmed down. We weren't really seeing any major yeah. violence in that in the past two years. So it wasn't on the radar. I don't know what's changed. Um, but it's it's a, it's I, fascinating to see the reduction in gun crime, yeah.
1: I, I definitely think that the guards have been more successful. And one of the things we know is there's more than 70 members of the Car- Tin- Kinan cartel or people associated with the Kinan cartel who are b- basically locked up in prison, mostly in Ireland, one in Spain, a couple in Spain, and A couple in Britain. But there are an awful lot of gunmen who are part of that gang who are locked in prison. But there are other also others who have been effectively have had to flee Ireland because you know the guards are on their case. And I mean I can you know you and I can think of a couple of them who are hiding out in Spain and that. So I I think don't think there's any doubt that the Garda reaction to the Kinan Cartel's murderous attacks on anyone they wanted, they thought in any way were associated with the Hutch family or extended family. Really, 2016, 2017 was really, really bad. But I think Guardia got a handle on it and they have been very, very successful. And that's shown, I I would contend, by the decrease in gun killings because basically a lot of the hitmen are either in jail or out of the country.
0: Well, is that a good segue to talk about Corduff? Because... Mm. Um, you know, I I think you're correct in what you're saying in your assessment. Obviously, um, it's backed up in the facts, but unfortunately, as you know and I know about gangland, it's it's it only takes one incident to trigger uh, an absolute explosion of violence. I mean, the Regency Hotel. Okay, look, the feud had started before that, but the Regency Hotel incident just sparked a wave uh, of 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 murders in the country, and the reaction then to it had Guardi on the back foot so they had to catch up to it. Now we're in a very different situation since 2016. Certainly there's far more of an armed presence uh, you know, and, mm-hmm. and a readiness for that kind of violence and I think the Guardia are to be commended even in the last week and a half alone um, that uh, in spite of there being serious potential for violence we've not actually seen Touch wood, as of recording yeah. this podcast, any major uh, retaliations since uh, the death of Jason Hennessy last week.
1: But I do think there is significant uh, uh, likelihood of a, of, a, of a revenge attack. There are associates of Mr. Hennessy who are baying for blood. I, mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And some of them would be, I think it's fair to say, they'd be very volatile, very unpredictable, Mm. very angry people. And they're taking this the murder of Mr. Hennessy extremely personally. So I think the guards, the the armed support unit, probably the emergency response unit and the local detective units and various other units are all out 24 hours a day. I think they're trying to keep a lid on this. So there is scope and potential for serious violence as a result of this murder.
0: Yeah, and and the, the individuals you're speaking about, I mean, they are unpredictable. Um and mm-hmm. have no boundaries, and I suppose the the, the fear uh, that we understand uh, amongst angarda Shikana while well, they're doing the best that they can, um, is that these individuals could strike at any time, including during or after a a, a funeral, for example, and obviously mm-hmm. the funeral of Tristan Sherry hasn't happened yet understand that the body is to be released to the family relatively shortly Um, obviously he died on Christmas Eve so it's a considerable amount of time between his uh, um, alleged murder and now um, but I understand there was a post-mortem and then I think an independent post-mortem mm-hmm. as well so that's causing the delay but there there are serious concerns about the individuals you've mentioned and their capacity for violence even during the funeral uh, and so I think there'll be a massive security operation around that but we think we understand that Jason Hennessy Sr.'s funeral is actually happening first I'm told it's was the preparations were being made for midweek obviously he's from the cordoff area and there's going to be an equally massive security operation around that Um, i think the the main concern really and, and again who knows because people have associates and, and i'm sure that they're looking at both sides here but when it comes to associates of mr Hennessy, uh, i think there is a serious concern about uh, those individuals as you said and and uh, the fact that they may be looking for revenge um just on that uh, particular murder, should, should we speak about it? Just because we...
1: Yes, nobody is charged with the murder of Mr. Yeah. Hennison. So... I- I mean I d- we know that Tristan yes
0: with Tristan <laughs> Sherry there are individuals charged so we, we do have to be cautious in terms of what we say uh, but in relation to Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. I look the expectation was that initially I believe that he w- that he may survive and he was shot in the neck um, which is obviously mm-hmm. a serious injury and unfortunately his condition uh, deteriorated uh, over a period of 11 days and, and he was transferred then into ICU and died and even though he died 11 days later um, his death is being treated as a murder Mm-hmm. and the gunman um, the the gunman that is at large the individual who fled uh, Brown's steakhouse is still being sought after and we believe that the guards want to arrest and charge him with murder so
1: we have to obviously Tristan Sherry was the shooter who was uh, he's dead and people are before the courts in relation to Tristan yeah. Sherry but there was, there, there was someone else there and we know that that man went into the steakhouse with, with Tristan Sherry and he was armed with a pistol in his own right I I think he basically panicked when they couldn't find their targets straight away and he fled. And then what happened to Mr Mm. uh, uh, Sherry happened. But the guards are still mounting an investigation into that and they are looking for that second gunman. So... If they find him and they charge him, it will be with murder because it's common design or, or, you know, common cause or joint enterprise. So it can't just, you know, there were two people mm. involved in it, Tristan Sherry and this other person. So that man is being hunted by Guardy.
0: There are obviously serious concerns for uh, that person's safety. Um, these the, 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 the associates of uh, Mr. Hennessy are considered dangerous mm. and volatile. And it is believed that they, might, they may target this individual if they get to him first. So look, the... It, the next couple of days will be crucial for Gardaí. They have to mount a massive security operation. There are extra patrols out on the, uh, on the streets around Finglis and Blanchardstown, Um it's, it's a hotbed of activity at the moment. And they are watching all of these individuals. They know where they are. Uh, having said that, they can't watch them 24-7. So are we in Kinnaghan Hutch territory? I don't know. I, I think media sometimes... We can build these things up, but there, there is. We're hearing it legitimately from sources that there is a real fear among Angarashi economy that this could blow up into a, uh, um, maybe not a feud, but certainly there could be an escalation in violence, particularly from one side. Certainly, uh, and so th- look, there's real concerns.
1: I, 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 also I know that that criminal known as Mister Flashy, people are sort of linking this to him. I, I, I don't, I don't get that sense from the, from my sources. I don't think there's any any belief. That he was, he was part of this.
0: Well, again, his his he just gets looped into Mm. it, doesn't he? But look, Tristan Sherry, we've heard was an associate at one point of uh, the person we like to call Mister Flashy. Mm. It would be so much easier just to use his name, Mm. but there are reasons why we can't name him. And by the way, I would love to. I could go on another rant about this, uh, you know, because you could probably go and look on social media and find names of people very easily. We have to hold ourselves to a certain standard. But anyway. That's another rant. Uh, But yes, Mr. Flashy, he had had an association with him. I don't think that there is any current issue with Mr. Flashy and Mm -hmm. the associates of Mr. Hennessy. That's a feud, really, or or a dispute that's going back a couple of years. But this uh, dispute with Tristan Sherry was much more personal, wasn't it? We've learned that from our sources, that this was a, a much more personal dispute between Tristan Sherry himself and uh, associates of Jason Hennessey. Yeah, no, obviously he
1: had help because there was another person with him. But, yeah. you know, I, I I think we'd be of the belief that it was orchestrated by Sherry, shall we say.
0: But then do, does this begin and end with him? You know, I mean, obviously he uh, has been killed. Um, there's another person, as I said, at large, there's concerns for that person's safety. But uh, was the dispute mm. as such... Just with Tristan Sherry,
1: I I think it, well I think I think that's the focus of it, um, and we don't know. I mean, because we, you know, it's all hidden. But somebody made a point to me. I think it's fair to say this is the most brazen gun attack since the Regency, because when you consider about it, there were families and there were people there enjoying a pre-Christmas dinner, and two fellas walk in, one with a machine pistol, and one with a pistol. The place was packed. It was brazen, and it was so. There have obviously been lots of killings and gun killings since then, but it, it was definitely brazen uh, by the way it was carried out.
0: Yeah, and again, we've got to be careful because there's people before the courts who would like to talk about it in more detail. Uh, I would say people can be armchair detectives and try to say in general that they have an understanding of the situation and that, oh, you know, uh, they, they they speak about uh, self-defence, shall we say, and that, look, this is a matter that's before the courts, so leave it to the courts. Um, But, uh, you know, just in speaking about, in general about the crime, I mean, Christmas Eve, I mean, uh, getting text messages coming in on the phone, being told that there has been uh, a shooting in in a restaurant or whatever. I mean, it was just, I remember, I don't know what your reaction was, but I went, I was working Christmas Day. So I went, oh, here we go. (laughs) Because
1: we we, we thought we had, you, you had a story, we always try and have a, a story for Christmas Day because our story comes out on Stephen's sake. So, you want to have something up? But I think it was once that happened and it was late on, it was it was 20 to 9 or something, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. When when we first heard about it, so that was hectic. So, yeah, yeah, um, definitely didn't see no, that coming.
0: Um, I wish I could say I was shocked by it though. I like, unfortunately, the level of violence, it, it just the past couple of years have, has been insane uh, still to do it in broad mm-hmm. uh, like in front of people like that uh, in a busy restaurant obviously it, it is shocking but at this stage I would nearly put nothing past these people they just live in another world
1: yeah and they, they don't really care about who gets in their way you know you know, Sherry could have killed anybody in that you know what I mean so yeah I mean I think Brazen is, is the very and I think it is the most uh, maybe cataclysmic attack since the Regency in that regard, you know yeah. what I mean, and the number of people who were caught up in it, and the number of victims that there could have been in this. So it was, it was very, very grim. Right. Shall we talk about the um, the the unmentionable the Kenyan cartel?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, where where do you see it going next? I mean, we know that there's a file with the DPP, but the decision surely is around the corner.
1: Yes. And um, when you when you think about it, it was twenty twenty one, wasn't it, that they announced the sanctions against the cartel, or was it twenty twenty two? It's all a blur for me. Twenty
0: twenty. 52. Here's a test for
1: 2022. you, was twenty two. Yeah, April. What was it? Okay, right, I, I, I our, our listeners will be correcting us. It's a blur. It's just in the past for me. Yeah. But um, eh, it's it's gone on a long time. So you really you would think that twenty twenty four would have to be the year that there's progress on getting particularly we all know Daniel's the, the top target. We know that there's a file with the DPP in relation to him. For various issues that carry life, so you know, conspiracy, murder, and murder. So I, I think this is the year that people would expect something to happen in relation to him. Now, I think there has been progress in relation to uh, getting the possibility of an extradition agreement on one-on-one basis with uh, Dubai, where the, where he is, where he is still believed to be. So I think there's fever, feverish activity under the surface, trying to get a deal. But that doesn't mean that he can't just skedaddle or the rest and can get out and go to Russia or wherever they want to go. But I think there are serious efforts to get him back to Ireland and then the funnel begin. So it really, the file is with the DPP. It's a very, very big file, I'm told. Huge, big file. They have to consider it all. So um I would say 2024, sometime in 2024, you and I are going to get a call one day to say it's happened.
0: Well, what a day that would be, and it would be an extraordinary trial to cover um, if they are ultimately extradited here. Obviously, Helen McEntee has made uh, an attempt now to broker a a treaty of sorts with the United Arab Emirates. My only hope is that there's something going on here that we really just don't know about. Uh, We certainly have gotten the impression from sources over the past couple of months that Daniel Kinahan hasn't left Dubai for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. He feels comfortable there or he's unable to leave, or whatever it is, but he has not left the vicinity of the UAE. I mean, I know there's been speculation about him going to Russia, or Qatar, mm. or wherever, but there doesn't seem to be any indication of that. And, you know, if you're going to go to these places, why not have gone already? So, for whatever reason, he's still there, he feels comfortable, and I'd, I we'll see what happens, but the government are quite open, the Guardi are quite open about the fact that they're going for them. And they're doing it quite publicly, so as I said, I hope there's a degree of confidence there behind the scenes that they know something we don't know, in and that's why they're being so brazen and so public about it.
1: I can guarantee you, they know plenty of things that you yeah. and I will never know. We get if we get to hear ten percent, we're lucky. But just one very quick point: we talked about Liam Byrne being extradited and the due process. Although I know Britain has left the the European Union, but there are still extradition treaties and you know that sort of stuff. There's nothing in, in, in Dubai and the Dubai authorities can just rock up to him, half ten on a Monday night and say, all right, Machaccio, you're on the plane. And that's it. So, you know, we won't have any chance really to fight it. It'll just be, you're gone. Like Raffaele, Imperiale, yeah, who would have been very close to Daniel Kinnan. He was extradited from Dubai to Italy and he's now what they call a pentito. So he's singing like a canary really over there. But that was it. you were gone. And the same would happen here. It'll just be... A minute you're here, the next year gone, so there won't be a long drawn out process once it starts.
0: Well, let's see, let's see. It's going to be a very interesting year. I certainly couldn't have predicted last year, couldn't have predicted Jerry Hutch walking out of the special criminal court free man. So who knows? Uh, let's see what happens. And did you see it? I the, did, it was did, extraordinary. I've
1: yeah, in the, uh, uh, the Sunday world of him? They You have to wonder incredible. did he send that image in himself? Oh, by the way, just I, one one know, of I, have, I have
0: no inside knowledge, but uh, uh, given yeah. the. Given the kind of character he is, it shock anyway. me. <laughs> uh,
1: just, just one uh, bit of uh, housekeeping, don't want to embarrass you, but since since our last show, you got an award for your fantastic journalism last year. You won Crime Journalist of the Year. I'm very disappointed. You haven't made enough of it. We did talk about this privately. I told you that you have to make more But You've been very, very modest, and that's been very disappointing, Hayley. But anyway, congratulations. Yeah, thank it was you. well-deserved well, uh,
0: What do you suggest that I go out and gloat about it a bit more and
1: <laughs> yeah because i mean we've spoken about this i didn't want you know obviously i may have won it a couple of times but I, I you know i was very sheepish and thing and it's it's a big thing to get so you know
0: i know i accept it, it and it, it wallow an in option, it or whatever, the, so the word it's is. it's nice to get that pat on the back from the industry and to uh yeah uh I, like it, it was a nice acknowledgement yeah of uh what was actually probably the most difficult year of work so uh no it was nice but uh yeah, i'm not trying yeah. to be mr humble about it I, I i graciously graciously accepted it and thank you very much and uh but yeah um next year is another year this year is another year
1: yeah but, but it's like it's like my art one of my old bosses jerk Holler, and it is nice doing it but he would say whenever i would get a story. And you, you know, when you get a good scoop, you sit down, you go, right, I can relax today. Right. Or you can relax. It depends how big it is. If it's a really massive one, like your hutch one, you can, eat, you can sort of relax for a week. Colin had this great thing. He'd go eating bread is soon yeah. forgotten.
0: It's tomorrow's shit. It's tomorrow's and shit. And that's paper, it. Yeah. You know, like
1: we've got, <laughs> <laughs> you and I have got a couple of good stories that'll be in the Star yeah. in the Mirror mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Right. Some very good stories. But it'll be, you know, the editors, the news editors go, very good, what well, have you got for tomorrow? And that's it. That's yeah. just on that moments. note, I actually do have growing, to file a story
0: it? now. So, yeah. Um, listen, thank you to our listeners sort of for right. continuing to listen to us. If you're still out there, thanks for all your kind messages. Uh, we'll do our best to be as regular as we can be uh, with these podcasts. Please bear with us. Um, and uh, um, Andre is on board with us now uh, producing the podcast. So thank you to Andre. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch with you sometime maybe later in the week or next week. Thank you. Uh, thanks very much.
1: And also just to repeat, if there's anything you think you'd like us to cover, give us a wee shout on our, uh, we always take our DMs, so there's no problem.